And now, a Blaze Media podcast. Hello, and welcome to Chewing the Fat. The Pennsylvania home, featured in Silence of the Lambs, is up for sale. It's a beautiful home. It just hit the market for $298,500. So it's not bad. It's on 1.7 acres. It's in the town of Periopolis, which is just huge. It has a population of 1,784 people. I know, like I said, huge. Now, they claim it's part of the Pittsburgh metropolitan area. Okay, it's 31 miles south of Pittsburgh, which is, you know, in a, uh, you know, in a metroplex. That's not far. Heck, I travel that far to the Mercury Studios from where I live. But where I live in Fort Worth, Texas, there's <laughs> a few more people uh, in the Dallas metro. Anyway, uh, the house is gorgeous. I really, I, and I mean that, it is beautiful. It's uh, four bedrooms. It looks like maybe it has two bathrooms. Maybe. But I only see one in the video. That's a problem. It's an old style house. It was built back in, I don't know, 1500. It's a 1910 home. Original hardwood floors, light fixtures, pocket doors, fireplaces, wallpaper in pristine condition. I'm not a big fan of the wallpaper, although the way it's decorated looks nice. It's fine. It's got a beautiful porch. It's got a pool, a built-in pool out back. It's got a caboose that could be used as kind of a pool house next to the pool. It's got this huge three-car garage with a workshop attached that used to be a store and a train station. And there's train tracks that go by. Train tracks are pretty close, so... mm, You know, I don't know how much business those train tracks get. I'm guessing it was a lot busier back in the day, but I'm, you know, still probably pretty busy. There's a river. Uh, It looks, it's beautiful. For 298 grand, if you could work from there and make a living to pay that house, or maybe, you know, work in Pittsburgh and, you know, transit back and forth. Yeah, okay. Some people would call it commute. I call it transit. But, uh, you know, you'd have to put it in another bathroom. Holy cow. Unless you're, you know, nobody wants to have the, the nighttime pot upstairs. Nobody. Sorry. And the sad thing is, and I know this is going to be a sad thing for you fans of Silence of the Lambs. There is no giant pit in the basement. And that's a huge selling point to me is the giant pit in the basement. There's a cold room down there which, uh, you know, is closed off and everything, but it's not the giant pit, which is very disappointing. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. So, yesterday, I'm pulling out of my neighborhood, and I see something that apparently has been there for a while now, and I couldn't believe it when I saw it. So I kept going. And then when I came back in the neighborhood, I made sure I slowed right now to see what it looks like. So the house behind me, the front of the house faces away, right? So we have our houses back up against each other. And they've got the Halloween display on the front porch and everything, but in the window, and not, I mean, it's not in the house, it's on the window, 
there uh, on the front porch is, you know, the big window that looks, you know, from the living room or the music room or whatever you use the room for. And there's a Biden-Harris sign. I am so disappointed in these people behind us. I can't tell you. Now, then I slowed down again and I looked at it and I thought, well, maybe it's part of the Halloween display. And so they're, you know, they're just, they're just hanging out. It's kind of part of the, the Halloween display. They want their neighbors to kind of think Biden Harris. It's kind of funny, but really they're not for Biden Harris. I'm told by other people in my family that that sign has been there a while. I don't know how I missed it. Maybe because when I turn that corner, I don't necessarily always look up to their front door. Now, the sign wars are still going on in the neighborhood. The one Biden-Harris sign and the one house, she took it in. And I say she because I usually just see a lady out in front of the house. And it's hanging in the window inside the house. I don't know if she's worried somebody's going to take it, but they won't. Then they still have the house on the corner. They've got theirs outside, the Biden-Harris sign. And that comes from straight from the campaign. There's another Biden-Harris sign a few houses down. It doesn't look like a campaign Biden-Harris sign, but I guess it has to be. But it's a cheaper model. And then the two Trump houses up on the corner, the one guy that first jumped out at me that I thought, I don't know if I'd do that if I was him, who had the Trump sign out in the front, that's gone now. You know what went up? A for sale sign. <laughs> So if he had to sell it because of the economy or whatever, I'm bummed. If he had to sell it because he's got a better job and they're moving, great. But to sell the house, they took down the Trump sign. The guy next door, who's had a Trump sign for a while as well. So there was two houses right in a row there on the corner that had the Trump signs. His sign is down, but it looks like the stand for the sign is still there. So, or I mean, it is still there. It doesn't look like it's still there. It is still there. I don't know if he pulled it off and took it in or if someone else did it because it looks like they went away. He's got some Halloween decorations up, but the house looks closed up. So it looks like they may have gone on a trip or vacation or whatever. So he may have taken it down when he left. I'm not sure. We'll give it a couple of days on that. And then, uh, so that's my, that's my road trip. I could drive around the whole neighborhood and see, but. It's just not worth my time because I know, I know it's going to make me angry. But I'm really disappointed in the house behind me. I've often wondered why they seem so weird. Now I know. I'm just joking. They're fine. They're fine. Uh-huh. No, seriously. So I see where Canada, under the newly unveiled list of single-use plastics being banned in Canada... Yay! Plastic grocery bags, straws, stir sticks, six-pack rings, cutlery, and food containers made from hard-to-recycle plastics will be out of use nationwide by the end of next year, 2021. Wow. Okay. They want to achieve zero plastic waste by 2030. Good luck. I don't know what the alternatives are to these plastic products, and I don't know how they're going to do it. Now, what surprises me is that they're announcing it now. So they must think that we're out of uh, the pandemic, kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of, kind of, what's the line? Because the pandemic threw all this stuff out the window. 
right? It didn't matter. And the restaurants were open and they had to, now they, they were able to open with takeout. And I got news for you. Uh, you're taking out, they aren't sending China home with you. <laughs> not the country, the, the plates and silverware. And uh, they're not sending either of those home with you. Well, anyway, so I'd be surprised, you know, what's going to happen. There's going to have to be something happen. These restaurants are just going to be out of business. They're not going to be able to, they're not going to take out a ceramic plate and put your food on it and bring it to your house. I'm sorry. That's just not going to happen. So I don't know. We'll see tomorrow. For those of you listening live to this podcast on the 8th of October, 2020, I'm going to uh, do the Steve Dace show on the Blaze Radio and Television Network. And I'm going to talk to Brian Lilly, who is, uh, well, he's, he's our Canada connection. And I want to talk to him and see what the heck is going on in Canada. Because how is Trudeau still in office? They're banning plastics by the end of next year and they're still going into lockdowns. Wow. Uh, and trickling down some of that washes over into the United States. I mean, Michigan is right there and you know what they're close to. Yeah, that's right. Canada. Yesterday, the former Minneapolis police officer charged with the murder in George Floyd's death posted bail. He was released. Wow. They had to have done that uh, quietly, secretly, in and out, baby. Nobody expected it, probably. So Derek Chauvin, uh, Chauvin, Chauvin, uh, posted a million-dollar bond and was released from the state's facility in Oak Park Heights. He was there. He was released yesterday morning, late morning, like 1130, uh, 11.30 a.m. Incredible. I mean, good. He's following the law. He posted his bail. He's out. Where do you go? You certainly don't let anybody know where you're at. Holy cow. That cannot happen. Right? I mean, just just can't. And do you believe he comes back? I mean, it's almost worth a million if... Derek has a million to just go away. I don't know. I don't know what you do. I mean, so three other officers and Derek were fired. Uh, uh, Derek has been charged with second degree murder, third degree murder, murder and manslaughter. The three other officers are charged with aiding and abetting both second degree murder and manslaughter. So he's out. On bond, he had to have, they had to have done that under the dark of night, you know, early in the morning or late in the morning, close to noon. So right there, nobody could see him. It was in the dark of night. <laughs> I don't know. Do you, I, do you, if you're on his side, do you post a million dollar bond? And I got, it's not a million dollars, Jeff, but if he disappears, it is. I mean, they will unleash the hounds from hell to find this guy if he disappears. And maybe he just wants to be out of jail. I don't blame him. I mean, nobody wants to spend time in jail. Believe me. But, wow, no, uh, no word on him. I mean, there was no, it was no, you know, nobody was 
protesting at the jail. Everybody thought he was good to go with the million dollar bond and yet he's out. Okay, good luck, God bless. Don't pop that head out of the sand though. Don't do it. Keep wearing the hat (laughs) and wear a mask at all times. Another guy they just arrested, our man John McAfee, who we've spoken to on this program a couple of times. He's, you know, let's just say he's awesome. We'll use that word. Might not quite mean awesome, but uh, I've enjoyed the time we've spent with him. You can go back and listen to the shows that John's on. I mean, he's a very colorful individual. They arrested him in Spain. Wow. They got him for tax evasion. Alleges that from 2014 to 2018, he dodged the tax man. Well, I mean, he's almost, you know, he's pretty much admitted that. And uh, he dodged, he did it by funneling payments through bank accounts, set up by other people, dealing in crypto, buying assets. He bought the yacht in other people's names. <laughs> and he's made some cash, right? During those four years, he, he made, according to this article, he made over $23 million. Sold the rights to his life story, did some consulting, some other work. I mean, the guy's got some cash, plenty, plus he had some cash from the you know earlier dealings. So what? He's linked to the death of the neighbor in Belize. So? Then he was arrested on immigration charges in Guatemala. So? He still ran for president. <laughs> you know, from his yacht. So it'll be interesting to see what happens to John. I don't know if they want the battle with him or not. Uh, hopefully he, you know, they make a deal with him where he pays his money and whatever it is. And he goes away and he can come out of it saying they didn't want to fight with me. So I paid him off. I shouldn't have, but I did. And now I'm back on my yacht. I mean, it could happen. Okay. I have a question for you. And the question is, well, I have to tell you the story and then ask you the question, but I just don't know how anyone could actually let something like this happen. So the headline is, the toddler dies in hot car after dad refused to let cops break the window. All right, so my question is, how could police let this happen? So have you ever locked a child in the car? I have. I have, and it sucked. I'll never forget it. It was on our first trip going to Israel. Uh, I was at the airport. Uh, my youngest son was uh, in the back seat in the in his car seat. It was real early in the morning. I was flying out of Tampa to Newark, New Jersey to meet up with uh, some guy by the name of Glenn Beck and his wife, and we were going to fly to Israel from Newark. That was our first trip in Israel, so it was 100 years ago. And we pull into the airport parking lot, one of the parking garages, and I, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not coming back for a while. So I tossed my keys in the back seat on the floor where my wife was sitting and she got out and she closes the door. I thought she grabbed the keys. I got out. I locked the car for whatever reason. I, you know, I hit the lock button and Max was still sitting in his car. So he's really little baby, really little and, uh, closed the door. My wife doesn't have her purse. My keys are sitting on the back floor. The car is locked. Max is sound asleep in his baby seat. So, I mean, we freaked out, right? I mean, I called airport security, told them what was going on. I got to get to a flight, but I'm not, I don't want to leave. 
And so uh, I'm hoping that the airport has a, a wrecker that can come and unlock the car because the car's fine. It's not, it's in, it's in Florida. We're in a parking garage and it's not a million degrees out. You know, it's early in the morning, 4 35 o'clock in the morning. So he's fine. Max is down to sleep. He doesn't even know what the heck is going on. And so I don't want to break the window unless I have to, right? If I had to, if it was blazing hot sun out, you know, no problem. I break the window. You're in. I don't care. Break the back window. Break the front window. Whatever you got to do. I don't care. We're going in. Get get out of there. So, I mean, here comes airport security. Here comes a tow truck. Here comes the fire department. I mean, uh, everybody's there. Right? Rescue teams are there. And the tow truck driver has got a thing. And he unlocks the door. And out he comes. And because he was a little kid, you know, of course... The medical people, the emergency uh, people are all got to check him out. And it's like, his kid's fine. Here you go. Thank you. Get out of here. And that's it. That was it. It was done. Okay. So this story, a Las Vegas dad is arrested after he refuses to break the window to his new car. And his toddler dies in the back seat. Now he's in Vegas. All right. I got news for you. Uh, Nevada, a little warm. Uh, a little warm. It doesn't say that he was in a garage. He was in, he was in a, you know, he's in a driveway. Now the officers showed up and, you know, I get the mistake. You leave your keys in your car. You lock your kid in the car. It does happen. All right. You don't most, I'm not, I never have left my kid in the car and ran into the store. I just told you the one time that it happened to me, uh, to us. I mean, it was, it was a huge mistake. I felt horrible, but everything worked out fine. The kid didn't even know what was going on. He just slept through the whole thing. Right. So, I mean, and you do whatever you have to do to get your child out of the car, or at least you're supposed to. Right. So apparently the officers get there and he doesn't want to break the window to his car. So he says, call a tow truck or a locksmith. And he, he says no to that and wants to call his family member and so after several minutes, and it doesn't say how long several minutes are in this story, but at some point the police have just got to, if they don't have a, you know, a pop lock and most don't have one in quotation marks or parentheses, they don't have one, but, oh, look what I found in the trunk. Oh, look what I found under the front seat. They don't have a pop lock. They, you know, break, you break in the window. You just, you're going to get your kid out of the car. The kid is 150 degrees out. Get your kid out of the car. And so apparently they bro- they finally smashed the window and pulled out and the girl was unresponsive. Very sad. The whole thing is sad. And the, you know, the cause of death is pending. Um, I don't know. And maybe, maybe the child was already sick or dead. And this was his way of trying to cover up a mistake, an earlier mistake. We'll find that out right in the autopsy since the cause of death is pending. We'll see. They say, oh, here we go. That's a trapped in the car for more than an hour. No, even the police. That's a problem. You come up and that kid does not look responsive. You got to get the kid out. You got to break the window, right? Whether the dad wants to or not. I know that it was, uh, you know, new car, uh, all of that. Now, 
Apparently, it says here that they accidentally locked him in the car. He claimed the air conditioning was running. But they went to check the car wasn't running. As soon as you get there, if the car's not running, you break in the window. So I'm a little confused at why the police didn't do that. And I'm a little confused at why the dad didn't do that. And that may be for a later story because dad's going to be in big trouble if that's the case because that's what they're looking at now, right? Trying to cover up something that happened earlier by saying, oops, I locked my baby in the car after it already done something horrible. So we'll see. I hope that's not the case. Either way, my gosh, we lost this little girl. And if it's for real that it happened the way it's reported, that should never happen. It should never happen that the dad actually kills the child either, but we seem to think that that does happen, and we we know we don't seem to think it does happen. It does happen, and we're not okay with it, but it's something that we have become accustomed to. Oh, gosh, another parent killed a kid. Oh, God. Oh, no. I mean, it's just an abortion, right? Oh, wait, that's a different story. Never mind. go to the break room i need something ice cold to drink and i did find the regular 12 fluid ounce size of beverage that i enjoy that's ice cold today yes it's about freaking time (sighs) so good we heard yesterday Willie Nelson. Willie Nelson stopped smoking weed. (laughs) What? Do I live in America? I thought this was America. Apparently not. I you know, up is down, down is up. Willie Nelson not smoking marijuana. What? That can't be. So 87 years old, Willie Nelson, still going strong, says that he's had breathing issues, so he stopped smoking weed. I mean, I think we heard that a while ago, actually, <laughs> uh, that he had uh, that he had breathing issues and that being on stage was a big workout for him anyway. Um, so he, in fact, he canceled some shows because he had some breathing issues. He said, you know, on stage for an hour is a good workout, but he stopped smoking weed. And he talked about um, smoking weed, but stopped smoking uh cigarettes and drinking and running around he's been pretty good for the last few years oh now he does have which i think is i might have to try actually i think i want to try it he has this willie's reserve his own brand of marijuana that's based in colorado so last year willie's reserve came out with willie's remedy and it's a line of coffee beans infused with cbd oil i think i want to try that i think i want to try some i i'm gonna have to order you know if i ever have some extra money that which you know like you probably not gonna happen for a while but willie's remedy coffee beans infused with cbd oil sounds like it might be good and it might help 
me get through the day. You know, you never know. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see what happens. But it was just, uh, you know, it's kind of a shock. Even though I feel like we did talk about it at one time of him uh, stopping smoking weed because of the lung problems. And now, I mean, now it's official that he's not smoking it anymore. Or, you know, he says he's not. Smoking is, you know, it's so different. It's such a different thing. I actually, and it might be just because of the story talking about smoking that, you know, I was, you know, I saw yesterday and it's been on my mind since I came to sit down to talk to you today here on Chewing the Fat. I, I really felt like I could smoke a cigarette today. It's been almost two years, almost two years since I've smoked. And I, you know, I still, I probably, and I know I need to stop the nicotine gum, but I still smoke, chew the nicotine gum because I feel like, you know, so there are times when I, you know, drink coffee or whatever, and I, this is when I would have a cigarette, so I chew a piece of gum with it. And you're not supposed to drink with it. You lose the, the weak, it loses its, its potency. Yeah, I know. I don't care. But I really felt like I could, you know, smoke a cigarette today. I didn't, and I'm not going to. I just felt like I, you know, I could. And I really understand how the smoking thing gets to you. So while he knows he's got lung problems and he's not going to smoke weed anymore, or he can't, he's not supposed to. And even if you take the the pot pills, the, you know, the weed pills, and you're drinking, you know, Willie's Remedy coffee with CBD oil. It's not the same. And it'd be, you know, I usually drink my Willie's Remedy as I smoke a joint, right? I mean, it's not the same thing as when you have that, that stick of fire in your hand and there's smoke blowing through the air and going into your body. I know if you've never done it, you don't understand it, but it's there. Believe me. You know what else is there? This podcast. If you're listening to this show and you're not a subscriber to Chewing the Fat, <laughs> uh, your life is not as fulfilled as it should be and as it could be. Okay? Subscribe to Chewing the Fat. It's available on a plethora of platforms. Uh, everything like such as iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, and so many more. Choose the one that warms the little cockles of your heart and subscribe. And your life will be enhanced with more joy than you thought possible. Chewing the fat, subscription to my podcast will do just that for you. I should hit my hand on a car real hard. Guaranteed! Because it's about as good a guarantee as you're going to get. Remember the used car guys that used to slam there? There was a guy in Florida. <laughs> Tom Stimus. That was his name. Tom Stimus, number one in the world. He had a big used car lot and he did his ads. He was awesome. So, chewing the fat, number one in the world. Speaking of actually being number one in the world, you see where Stern is uh, looking to get paid $120 million a year? And when you read, you see the headline, Howard Stern, $120 million a year from Sirius. You think, wow, that's a, that's a pretty good deal. But he's been making $80 million to $100 million a year anyway. And he claimed that he doesn't have a contract. It's not a deal. And he claims, hey, Sirius, if you want to pay me $120 million a year, I'm here for you. And no kidding. I'd like to go on record as well. Uh, 
to the uh, CEO of Sirius, Jim Meyer. Uh, Jim, chewing the fat is here for you as well. I'll I'll even I'll even go. I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I you know I don't want to. I'm not I'm not out for a bidding war. None of that. Howard is still the man. He could you know I know he's the deal for Sirius, and you know Sirius and Howard have been a very good relationship. <laughs> You both have made a lot of money. I will just enhance that. So I don't want a bidding war. I'll do it for less than $120 million. I know. I know. I'm going out on a limb, so I'll just let it lay there. I'll do it for less than $120 million. Just, you know, you're welcome. You're welcome. Ruby Tuesday. I have not been a huge fan of Ruby Tuesdays, but I have eaten there. And I will say that they just filed for bankruptcy. I'm very sorry to hear that. He, the owner or the head guy, uh, Sean Lederman, he's the CEO. He said that, uh, you know, mandated restaurant mall closures, shelter in place orders, self quarantine orders created a situation where the company's revenues dropped substantially that it could no longer sustain its normal operating costs. Well done. But he also recognized that they'd been struggling anyway, uh, because of, uh, you know, Mall traffic declining? Uh, yeah. I'll tell you another reason that uh, Ruby Tuesday's business was declining. They didn't have Heinz ketchup. Now, if you tell me that you've been to a Ruby Tuesday's and they had Heinz ketchup, that's maybe because it was a separate manager or a uh, a separate owner that wasn't a, wasn't a corporate Ruby Tuesday's. But every Ruby Tuesday I ever went into didn't have Heinz ketchup. In fact, that's why I, I stopped going into them. (laughs) There was one that used to be in a mall that we would frequent. And so, you know, that was a restaurant that you would think that you would frequent. I wouldn't do it. We went in there two or three times and they didn't have Heinz ketchup. I was so angry that I couldn't, and they wouldn't ever get it. I asked them, I said, you got to get Heinz ketchup. What are you doing? And they wouldn't do it. So, back with them they lost my business now they're going to shut down 185 restaurants they still have 236 dining rooms that are currently offering full dining services they say that they're going to stay open and do what they can the announcement doesn't mean goodbye to ruby tuesdays they've got 7300 employees that uh they've forced most of them to furlough wow most of them are laid off wow just incredible times so hopefully this uh, will bring out a transformation of Ruby Tuesday, says the CEO. I'll tell you another thing that will bring you a transformation. Partner with Heinz Ketchup, and then we'll talk. Okay? All right. That's all you need to do there, Sean. Partner with Heinz Ketchup, and you'll be fine. <laughs> I mentioned you should subscribe to this podcast, right? Yeah, no, I did. So you should follow me on uh, social media as well. Uh, at JeffyJFR on Twitter, Jeff Fisher Radio on Instagram, Parlor and Facebook. And, you know, you might as well subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Duh. You're already busy subscribing to Chewing the Fat podcast. You may as well subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Just, 
you know, just getting that out of the way. So we talked a little bit about uh, the parent, the, the dad with the kid in the window. And there's another story that I find incredible that this could happen. But then you think about it, you think, well, maybe, maybe. So a Louisiana man was arrested for having sex with a 15-year-old. Okay. And uh, granted, absolutely. He's 36 years old. And if he's, you know, having an affair with this 15 year old, that's, that's a big problem. Okay. I get it. He was arrested hiding in the closet of this girl's bedroom. Apparently been there for four or five weeks. (laughs) What? So he met the victim two years ago on the internet. That's when she was, I don't know, 13. And he had several occasions he traveled to Florida to meet up with her. Wow. So he'd been in town for about four or five weeks. He admitted to having sex with the teen. And he told investigators for the past month, I just been living in the bedroom. (laughs) I've been hanging out in the closet. You know, that's all. So as a parent, as a parent, do you think, and this is actually, I mean, this is a hard question because you think of the times when, you know, you, your kids are in their room and you don't, you don't think about it and you, do you think, you know, obviously the first answer is no way that couldn't happen in my house. Well, I don't know. Maybe for a night, maybe for a couple of nights. I mean, this is what got him caught. He got greedy, right? He was there for four weeks. <laughs> come on dude what are you doing get out but that's incredible to me that someone could be this guy is in this girl's room for weeks and the parents don't know wow and i know that's not where were the parents i know that's why i'm asking just think to yourself could it happen to you and after your initial reaction of no way think again and think to yourself what you should do to make sure that doesn't happen a you should be aware of who your teenagers are talking to right this girl was 13 talking to this guy who's at that time a 34 year old man and he travels from louisiana to spring hill florida just to hook up with this girl and then ends up talking her into staying at the home in the closet. Wow. Uh, just, just amazing. Just amazing. It's very important to know your children, man. Wow. Just, I could not imagine that happening. And I will say this, had Jonathan been found in a closet in my home part of the story would be that Jonathan was found dead I don't know how it happened but it happened and that's if they found him okay so all of you that are all for free Britney and and the conservatorship which I mean it's really strange that she has a conservatorship, but she's 38 years old and we've seen her have some, what appeared to be mental issues in the past. 
And so she still has a conservatorship and it's still a co-conservatorship with Jody Montgomery and along with her dad. I think those are the last two that are the conservatorships now that watch out for her money. And, you know, she gets a, she gets a feed. Look, she's made a ton of money and it's not, she's not living bad. <laughs> she's okay. Right. But they just had another conservatorship hearing a few days ago and they're get to talking about her and the judge is like well you know why don't we just get Brittany in here let's get let's see what she has to say I, you know i know you're telling me that you know she wants this to happen and you know she's good with this but uh you know let's get her in here so her attorney says nah she's fine this is what she wants. And the judge is like, well, let's get Brittany at least to sign a declaration so there'd be a first-hand account of her feelings. That's what, you know, we'll just do that. If she's not going to show up, you know, I don't have to have her here, but just have her sign that, you know, declaration. Well, her attorney says, you know, my client uh, lacks the capacity to sign a declaration and likened her to a comatose patient. <laughs> what? I mean, that's a problem. Now, according to this, you know, he wasn't saying she's a comatose patient. He just used it as an example that she's not capable of signing a legal document. Wow. Uh, Brittany can't even sign a legal document? So he's just saying, well, it's kind of like, you know, the same thing we do for comatose patients. Of course she's not comatose, but... We take care of the documents for them, and we're, I'm taking care of the documents for Brittany. Wow. The next time you uh, watch Brittany swirling around on the Instagram page, telling everybody she's fine, and, hey, I'm just doing flips here in my house, and, yeah, I screwed up. I burned some stuff. <laughs> I burned my one exercise room down. <laughs> it was a couple of candles, and I just... I just let them burn and, you know, the house almost burned down, <laughs> but it was just me. So I just want to show you what I look like on a daily basis. This is me without, without makeup and what I look like. I usually sure I dance around in my Instagram page with short shorts and a crop top and, you know, sweating and doing flips. And normally I just like to have, you know, a shirt on jeans and my, and my flip-flops. That's just me. <laughs> okay, Britt. Take it easy. Your attorney wants everyone to treat you like you're a comatose patient. Wow. Okay. I mean, I... Should she be a 38-year-old woman and have people look after her money like that? I don't know. You know, you're an adult... You know, if you go broke, you go broke. But these people, you know, if you're looking out for someone you love and you have all this money and she hasn't performed and I don't think she really wants to perform anymore. I don't know that she needs to. My gosh, she's done so much now that you know, I don't know that that money actually ever stops unless somebody steals it from her. But I wonder what she's worth. I'm going to find that out. It said in that, remember that one story talked about it. Yeah, so this, this particular story says she's worth about $60 million. And they claim that she's 
was at one time net worth about 200 million eh, okay so and she's you know had lawyers fees and treatment centers and legal battles which is she spent a lot of money on and she's had to you know rebuild a partial uh part of her home because <laughs> she burned it down but uh so she's worth 60 million i'm guessing done right she'll be okay at 38 and you know she can she's gonna get other sponsors right i mean she's had sponsors of you know pepsi to mcdonald's the sketchers i mean she's done all oh, she's got her own perfume brand and you know, i mean she is the brand britney spears so you know, i think she'll be fine but you've got an attorney that's liking you to a comatose patient Brit baby, Brittany baby, stay on the medication, take it easy, and just keep posting the Instagram spin arounds, okay? All right, baby, you take care. Download and subscribe to more content at theblaze.com slash podcasts. Okay, as you know, I don't, you know, I try to stay away from politics as much as possible. I know it's not always possible, and I can't help it, and life gets busy and things get intertwined and political tidbits happen that you know throughout life like the yard sale signs political yes not really but anyway so i try to do the least amount possible on this podcast chewing the fat it's just what i do and i hope that you appreciate it but because there's still you know other stuff that does happen in the world but the vice presidential debate was uh, last night, if you're listening live to this podcast on the 8th of October, 2020. And, you know, I watched the whole thing. It was agonizing. Uh, I And uh, did Mike Pence win against Kamala Harris? I guess. Was it civil? I guess. We're talking about a fly that landed on Mike's hair. I'm glad that we had it hermetically sealed so they couldn't catch COVID from one another and everybody had to wear a mask, but a fly is in there flying around. It was amazing. And, okay, so let's say, sure, Mike Pence won, won the debate. Does it matter? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think it does. I don't think that that particular debate, and I guess I'm glad it happened and sure it had to happen. I mean, we're in the midst of a, of a presidential election, right? And these two people are the people chosen to be vice presidential candidates, while one of them already is vice president, by the way. And, uh, you know, he, he was, you know, he won and he, you know, you heard what was considered and known lies from Kamala Harris, but, Overall, did Pence convince anyone to vote for Donald Trump? I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, if you're voting for Donald Trump, you were happy with Mike Pence and how he, what he did. You were hoping that maybe he'd get up and push the plexiglass on the Kabbalah and say, quit your lying. I'm out of here. But <laughs> did it change anyone's mind? I don't, I don't think so. I mean, we're all kind of looking forward to the next presidential debate that is now supposed to take place virtually, uh, not in person, this town hall. Trump has said, no, he's not going to do it virtually. I think he should rethink that. I think it should happen. I think Trump should say, uh, my first thought was, I think Trump should say, well, I'm going to go to where the live debate was supposed to happen 
We'll do it virtually, but I'm going to be there. So if you don't want to show up, you don't want to show up, Joe. That's fine. But I'm not contagious. We'll put up the plexiglass and we'll everybody, you know, can wear their masks and please make them take down their mask when they ask their stupid questions and we'll wipe off the microphone after each question. But we'll do the town hall and I'll be there. If you're there, if you're not there, if you're not there, so be it. But I'm going to be there. I, you know, that's my first thought. Second, my next thought is maybe, and I, and I saw someone had, uh, had posted this on Twitter, and I probably should give them their due. Well, now I can't find it. But I did find and I'm looking for the one uh, idea that I think would be great. Uh, Then I see where someone else has tweeted about doing it the way that my first thought was, where uh, Trump should just show up anywhere, anyway, at where the debate was supposed to take place. That would be great. But I did see also on social media that I thought was my, my, my favorite idea was hold a rally and do it virtually. Sure, we'll do it virtually, no problem. But I'm gonna do the town hall with a rally so that he gets the reaction from his audience to the town hall questions and the answers and Biden can still be in his basement. That would be awesome. (laughs) I don't know that he gets away with it, (laughs) but it would be great to have him do. Yeah, I'll do it virtually. No problem. But my feed is going to be coming from where I'm having my rally. Uh, That's not a bad idea. That would be awesome. All right, did you see where Kevin Costner, who I love, I, I'm a f- huge fan of Kevin Costner, and he probably, you know, I'm sure he's a fan of Chewing the Fat. Duh. But, uh, you know, he's got the new series Yellowstone, which I love, fantastic. And, uh, you know, I love, my gosh, I love so much of his work. I mean, I, I mean I'm kind of fanboying. I mean, I would love to talk to Kevin. All the way back, you go back to, uh, I would, just saw this, I didn't realize that he was in Night Shift. I know. I love that stupid movie. Oh, that Barty Rubble. What an actor. So with Henry Winkler and Michael Keaton and Shelley Long. Uh, so he was in that as a frat boy. I don't know, big part. I'm going to go back and watch that movie just to catch Kevin. But, you know, Bull Durham, Field of Dreams, Dances with Wolves. Robin Hood, his Prince of Thieves, wasn't too bad at the time. 91. Wyatt Earp. Well, I mean, his version of Wyatt Earp was really good. Waterworld was better than uh, a lot of people give it credit for. Although, you know, it's the Waterworld. Tin Cup, The Postman, tremendous. I love him. Uh, the ser- and then you could just, I mean, the serial killer movie, Mr. Brooks, was awesome. I love that. Um, you just, I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge, huge fan of Kevin Costner, let alone Molly's Game. The High Women, Yellowstone, just, I mean, I'm a huge fan. So anyway, he gave a number out. He posted a number to have fans text him. He gave the number. He said, text me. And he gave everybody the number, posted it on his Instagram feed. And he said, hey, love your excitement surrounding both Yellowstone and my new album, Tales from Yellowstone. So much of what I found. I don't know if I want to hear Kevin's album, though. Oof. That might be a little frightening, but I don't want to tell him that, but if I'm going to have to give it a listen before I give the, the new album a promotion. And so he said, gives the number to text Kevin Costner and, you know, ask me anything about my music, my movies, other work, and I'll respond when I can from time to time. Can't wait to chat. 
and he gave the number. So I didn't text him, but I thought we'd call it. Uh, I will text him. I will text him and I'll say, hey, Kevin, huge fan. Please come on chewing the fat. (laughs) Love to talk to you. (laughs) Please. That'd be great. Uh, You know, just a just a quick chat. You know, I'm sure you know, I know you listen to the show, so you know that I want to. But I want to talk to you, so of course you're going to listen to the entire show. So let's one, three, one, zero. I think four, zero, five, zero, six. Let's see what happens when you call the number. It probably tells you this is only for texting. The mailbox is full and cannot accept any messages at this time. Goodbye. Oh, see, everybody's trying to do the same thing. Well, we'll we're going to call back tomorrow and find out if he answers. Because that, I mean, Kevin, you've listened to the podcast now. Be ready for a call tomorrow and, you know, pick up. Okay? All right. Good. I want, oh, man, I want Kevin to answer bad. <laughs> so, so did you see where a former Nigerian prince is up to be the head of the World Trade Organization. I mean, come on now. Did you, did the WTO actually reply to the email and say, hey, yeah, we want the money. And now the prince is saying, well, you know, I got to be the head of the WTO or you don't get the money. Come on now. I mean, I just got another email from my man, I'm sorry, I keep calling him my man, and it's not my man, it's the, it's the girl, Reem Hashibi, you know, the Emirates Minister of State and Managing Director of the United Arab Emirates, Dubai, World Expo 2020 Committee, it's been postponed until next year, and uh, she wants to uh, help me uh, get a piece of the 44 million seven hundred and sixty two thousand nine hundred and six dollars in United States money. So, I mean, I'm not, I, I don't want to be the head of the WTO, so I'm not going to click on the email. I'm not going to reply to the email, but apparently the, they did because former Nigerian Prince Ngozi Okano Awila, and there's a South Korean trade minister, Yumayang Hee, are, uh, is another final candidate to head the world trade organization but this does give you another example of why you never reply to nigerian prince emails because no matter who you are yeah you have to deal with it once you reply the hack is in and even the wto realizes now wow what did we do 